There are some varieties of birds that never build a nest or raise their own young. One variety of that bird is called a cuckoo, or a cuckoo, depends on how you want to say it. The mother cuckoo will sneak or force her way into the nest of another bird of a different variety. And she'll lay her egg there. The cuckoo egg hatches first. The cuckoo chick screams the loudest to be fed. And it grows the fastest. Often, the cuckoo hatchling will ruin the other eggs or simply starve out the other hatchlings that aren't cuckoos. In the world of ideologies and ideas, we're seeing the hatchlings of human thinking that are being dominated by the equivalent of the cuckoo bird. And this little analogy will help explain some of the chaos and heartbreak that is all around us, especially during these times we're seeing. So have a seat by the fire. Let me explain. You have found the frequency of the Enemy Patrol podcast. Please stand by for new directions. Over. Fire of the Anime Patrol, I am the Anomic Ranger, your very own reality scout. As your scout, I give you information that you can use to move ahead in this adventure called life. Since you are the general in this campaign, it is you that makes the decisions. As your humble reality scout, I just give you the lay of the land, so to speak. So you can use these reports, or don't. I just tell you what I see. If you want to know more, you can subscribe so that you don't miss a report from the Enemy Patrol. You can also take a look at my website at anomicranger.com. If you want to send me an email, you can do so on the contact portion of my website. Or you can send me in dispatch direct to my email at animepatrolhq at yahoo.com. And if you like what I write, because I do do some writing on that website or if you like this podcast then give me a good rating wherever you listen to your podcasts um subscribe comment but most importantly share with somebody tell somebody about especially somebody that's you know really confused about the way the world's going right now maybe share with them what you've heard on the anime patrol all right this is season one episode eight and season one, I've broadly termed it Scouting the Decline. And I've broken season one into all the episodes of season one into three parts. There's the veneration of the normal man. And number two, the lies in our society. And then for number three, I give some practical steps to increase your personal agency and help you think more independently. Or at least think differently. Today in the veneration of the normal man, we're going to be talking about, well, obviously we're going to be talking about cuckoos. Uh, For the lie of the day, the lie of the day today is going to be the idea of experts, top men. I think it's important that we talk about the lies in our society because they need to be deflated, 
are exposed in order to deprogram some of the brainwashing that people have in this day and age. <clears throat> the practical steps, that one is, um, well, I kind of use that as time allows, depending on how long we run, but I uh, just give some little ideas that you can actually go out and do. Anyway, let's move right along here and get into our topic of the day for the veneration of the normal man. <coughs> okay, if you're wondering or if you've never listened to the enemy patrol before, when I talk about the normal man, well, you'll have to go back and listen to some other ones. What I mean by normal, I know that... Uh, worries some folks when you use the word normal because you're implying that some are abnormal. I think I gave a pretty good explanation for that one in episode two. But when you talk about normal people, you have to understand the basics of human nature. So before we get into that, I'm going to talk a little bit about a little bit more about these birds, these cuckoos. They're not the only species that does that, lays their eggs in other birds' nests. So the other birds can feed them. There's also cowbirds and there's even some different types of uh, fish and insects and some breeds of ducks. It's quite interesting. They're called brood parasites. So I'm going to use an analogy of this idea of a brood parasite um, to explain some of the different people that we're seeing, some very loud people that we're seeing those good old progressives or leftists or whatever you want to call them. And I'm going to make correlations between these brood parasites and that type of people. But let's talk a little bit about these uh, normal folks, as I call them. You have to understand a little bit about human nature. So just about everybody responds emotionally when they're thinking about who they are. In other words, you have a picture in your head of who you are. You... Well, most people usually paint a, a good picture of themselves. They like to be the, you know, the hero in their own story, so to speak. And they will defend it if somebody comes along and tries to tell them that they're somebody different or they're not as good as they think they are. They naturally get defensive. So keep that in mind as we're, as we're talking through here. Also, most normal folks have a pretty good sense of fair play, um, of right and wrong. You know, it's, it starts when you're kids. It's, you know, like, you know, I sh when I had a chocolate bar, I shared some with you. So now you've got a chocolate bar. You've got to share some with me. That just, that just comes natural. It just comes out of people. Most normal folks know that they need solidarity with others um, against organizations or other entities, other people, or against destructive ideas. In other words, people tend to want to group up in order to defend what they think is right and wrong. And most people believe in standing up for innocence. They, you know, if you see, and especially you see that in this day and age with animals, I mean, somebody kicks a puppy, it's like, that's, people will come to an animal's defense, sometimes even before they come to the defense of their fellow human being. And most people kind of have an affiliation with the underdog. You know, the, the, the one that comes from nowhere and is fighting to, 
get somewhere and people naturally root for the underdog because the underdog shows a lot of heart and wants to you know make their way through the people will root for the underdog people also have a tendency to do what others do and kind of goes back to that you know the the need for solidarity with others um people are always looking at other people and they're wondering you know well, what do other people think what are other people doing you see this a lot with social media. It's, I think it's gotten worse than it's ever been in the past. So really what we're talking about here is a, is a portion of what I'll just, I'll just call it the conscience. I mean, just like um, birds have instincts, people have a conscience. Um, so like a mother bird has, a, has an instinct, it doesn't matter um, who what type of bird they have this instinct to feed a baby bird. They lay eggs, they sit on them, they hatch them and they feed them. So these mother birds that well, cuckoo comes and lays these eggs in her nest and it hatches. She basically thinks it's hers and she will do everything that she would do with her own young, but she's raising something that's not like her at all. She's even raising something that's dangerous to her own survival, or, or not her survival, but her species' survival. And if you want to go and look at it, there's some actually some. I when I was researching this, there's some pretty interesting YouTube videos about these little birds. I think they were called reed warblers, and they ended up with a cuckoo egg in their nest. And they're feeding this this cuckoo bird, and it's like three times or four times the size of these poor little reed warblers and they were just about um, driving themselves to exhaustion trying to feed this squealing thing but uh, essentially i'm gonna i'm gonna keep bringing this back talking about people because there are some people or even groups of people that are just like the cuckoo bird they the cuckoo bird takes advantage of this natural tendency of mothers to raise their young well they take advantage of the natural tendency that i've just read about or just talked about with humans, they take advantage of this natural tendency um, to bring about their own agenda. You know, you, you often hear lines, you know, people will, the one side is, is using this agenda or trying to promote an agenda and they'll say, well, it's for the children. You often hear that. Or, you know, well, if it'll just save one life, you got to do what I'm promoting that you do. Anyone who doesn't fall into the, this, this line or of this agenda, well, then they must hate children or they want people to die. That's kind of what they're trying to say by doing that. And so lots of times, normal folks, as I call them, get caught up in the emotions. They don't realize that they're raising an idea brood parasite and it's endangering them their way of life and their survival as a species so how are progressives like cuckoos <coughs> well progressives just like the sneaky bird just I, was, I mentioned before that uh, sometimes these birds will you know just sneak into the nest and lay an egg well you look at progressives and look at even the name changes. Look at how many times they've changed what they're called. I mean, you've got Marxism, you've got communism, you've got 
progressives, you've got leftists, you've got liberals, et cetera, et cetera, on and on and on and on. And I know I've, I've been debating or arguing with people that, um, that believe in this, in this ideology, if you want to call it, and, they, and they, they'll argue that, that these different flavors are totally different ideas. But, you know, like if you go to a socialist and you say, you know, well, look at communism, look at it. Well, socialism is not communism. Well, no, it's not. But these are all just flavors of the same ideology. And that ideology is state-forced collectivism. If you want to learn more about that, about um, the rustic reasonings that I gave on this, you can listen to Season 1, Episode 4, and I explain that in, in pretty good detail. And it's my belief that state-forced collectivism collectivism is state force collectivism and then there's lots of other people believe that too i mean they even have sayings like you know christians go to heaven and socialists go to communism so i think there's a, a lot of people have realized that you might uh, vote your way into socialism but you'll have to shoot your way out <clears throat> now what about the forceful cuckoo bird and Apparently, when they first started studying the cuckoo bird, they thought they always snuck in until they got better cameras and, and were able to watch these birds. But some of the cuckoos will just, they'll just barge in. They'll just go in and if they have to just kind of wiggle themselves into the nest to lay the egg, they'll do it. Even if they're getting pecked, they'll just go in and lay the egg. Well, we've seen Marxists in the past demanding to have equal time in universities and, well we can really see that when they want to apply force, they will apply it all the way. It's war to the knife and knife to the hilt. Now, the cuckoo is a parasite of sorts. Like I said, it's a brood parasite. Others must build the nests. Others must hatch the eggs. Others must feed and protect the young. Well, doesn't that kind of sound a little bit like socialism? Socialist thinkers, I mean, they sell their ideas with the promise of free stuff. You know, eat the rich. That's the whole thing. It's somebody else's fault. And if somebody's having a bad life and things aren't going well for them, well, it's got to be somebody else's fault. So, yeah, uh, socialism is very parasitic. Oftentimes, the cuckoo bird will pick a docile host or... They'll even mimic eggs. In other words, if there's a um, certain species of, of cuckoo bird that picks on certain other species to do this, <clears throat> they will actually learn to lay eggs that look very, I wouldn't necessarily use the word learn, but it's not like they check out the other eggs and then, and then put it in an order. But yes, the cuckoo bird mimics the eggs of other other uh, species well collectivists do the same thing they strike at the weakest links in society and if they can't find a weak link in the society they will <clears throat> they will manufacture one they learn to mimic the emotional issues within a culture um, our culture has worked very hard to try and bring about you know um uh, a form of equality, at least, you know, a, a starting equality for everybody. I wouldn't say equality of outcome. That's that, then that becomes a little bit more to your communist way of thinking. But at least 
and equal opportunity for everybody. And it's taken generations and generations and wars and blood and sweat and tears to get us to the point of where we try and be accepting in, in the West of different cultures, different races, different religions, different uh, sexes, different, and try and give everybody an equal opportunity at the beginning of their life. But they use <clears throat> these same things, they mimic these same things, <clears throat> excuse me, um, to foist this kind of this statism in order to promote an equality. And if anybody says, hey, wait, wait a minute, that's not what we were actually saying, well, they'll silence that with these social justice ideas. So if you don't agree, you're a bigot. Cuckoo chicks often hatch first in the nest. So the cuckoo bird lays the egg and it develops very fast and it hatches first. It uh, demands the loudest and it will often outgrow the other chicks. They have developed um, different kinds of, of um, uh, adaptations, I guess you'd call it. For instance, cuckoo birds have a really bright red mouth. So when the other bird's coming along, and if there is other chicks that's they're actually their own, all they'll see is this giant red mouth. And the cuckoo bird squeals louder, and it grows bigger. And the squeaky wheels get the grease. Well, I can't think of a squeakier wheel in our society than these social justice warriors. They're demanding, they're loud. And <clears throat> as far as um, growing faster, just like the cuckoo birds will grow faster and outdo the other chicks, well, seems to be that so do these social justice warriors and this whole idea of of um, equality, I guess you'd call it. <clears throat> I was reading the other day, it was an interesting little article. It was about uh, Charles Schultz's uh, Charlie Brown comic. And it was a story about the character Franklin. You know, there's Charlie Brown and, and Lucy and Snoopy. and Well, Franklin was brought in and the, the character into the comic strip in 1968. And it started from a woman who wrote a letter to Charles Schultz and, you know, kind of said to him, you know, you know, it would be nice if there were, you know, at the time they called them Negroes, it would have been nice if there was, you know, a Negro character in your comic strip. So Charles Schultz thought about this and he thought, you know, that, that probably would be fair. So he brought it to his editor and he had a big fight on his hands to bring, if you could believe, uh, a black character into the Peanuts comic. But because during that time, that was in the States, that was when they were, you know, trying to integrate the schools and, and it was all about, it was supposed to be about fairness and it was supposed to be about inc inclusion. And so finally Schultz just put his foot down and said, either you bring in this character or I will quit. So they did, and it made a lot of people happy. So we've gone from that now to um, what we see in from 1968 to 2020, and they want white people to kneel before black people. And they want white people to take all the blame for all the black problems. 
that is definitely growing faster and that is going beyond simple inclusion or equality. And the other thing about cuckoos and the cuckoo chicks and the biological mothers of the cuckoo, they're not above violence. The cuckoo mothers, some of them will actually hang around close to the nest where the other bird is hatching, feeding, and protecting her young. And if these other birds figure it out that there's an interloper egg in, in the nest and throw it out, the cuckoo bird will come along and destroy the nest. Lots of times the cuckoo chicks will, and it's quite astounding, when they're first hatched, they will work and work and work in the nest to roll all the other eggs out of the nest. Well, <clears throat> we're kind of seeing that too. Because the cuckoo calming idea of this form of, of socialism, liberalism, I'm just going to call it progressive. The progressive idea is in this day and age is do as we say or we will burn it all down. And we're really seeing that in 2020. So let's leave the bird brains behind. I will... I will quit as much as I can to, um, this isn't supposed to be a, uh, the patrol is not supposed to be about, uh, cuckoo birds or birds, <clears throat> but I think you get where I'm going with this analogy. So we'll leave the bird brains behind and we'll try and boil down some of these ideas and make it, uh, understandable about, you know, how this is going to go. Okay, I'm. Uh, I apologize. I'm. I'm uh, having a little trouble here. I got uh, springtime allergies, so the coughing and the and the um, little gravel in my throat—that's where it's coming from, and it's very much distracting me. But anyway, let's move along. I firmly, firmly believe that our society, like I'm going to say, seventy percent of the population, can get along and agree on the on the basis basic ideas in our society. You know, simple things like when the police have somebody in handcuffs, they shouldn't murder them. And it doesn't matter what happens. There's really no excuse to riot, loot, and burn stuff down. I think most people, 70% of the population at least, can agree on those two things. Now, for those that disagree, I would say 70% of those could probably come up with some kind of compromise. And no, I'm not talking about compromise on, on the two on the two um, examples that I gave. Obviously, nobody's going to compromise on the idea of of somebody being murdered in police custody. I mean, that's just a given. But I mean, on on all on everything that goes on in our society. I mean, some people they argue about things, and I think seventy percent of the dissenters of those ideas could learn to compromise. And if they can't compromise, maybe peacefully disassociate. You go to your community and you do things the way you think they need done, and I'll go to mine and do things the way my community thinks it needs to be done. And I've talked about this before, and I've shared some of these <clears throat> musings that I've had on this topic in episode two. 
So really, in the end, it's a very tiny percentage of agitators um, and the conniving cuckoos of the progressives that are keeping our society demoralized and at each other's throats and bringing division and, and hatred into the population. We, in the last little while, we've been taught to question the entire premise of our culture. You know, it's everything. I mean, they're pulling down the statues and everything is racist and everything is phobic something and everything. It's like the entire Western culture is evil to the core as far as this tiny percentage of people are concerned. So that's the way they work it. They first, they bring change and then even if society changes and tries to uh, bring about things to, to try and make um, equality a little bit, stand out a little bit more, well, that, that's never good enough. Then they, then they want to abolish it. In other words, they want to bring in their idea or nothing. And you can see this with this whole, you know, abolish the police thing. You know, we've got, we've got entire groups of people and, and governments that are, are just, they're just capitulating and the idea of abolishing the police and it's, well, it's cuckoo. It's totally cuckoo. I mean, the, I'm not saying that all policemen are good and maybe all, I'm not saying even that all police policies are good, but if you abolish the police, that's going to be anarchy. That's going to be destruction. That's going to be, well, it's going to be what we've actually seen down in the States. Burning, looting, rioting, raping, killing, robbing. <clears throat> so how does one move forward as a society? This is something you hear all the time. How do we move forward as a society? How do we move forward as a society? You've heard that over and over again. And I'm going to tell you right now that this is a very complicated question. And it has literally millions of moving parts. And that's the point. Because when everybody sits around and arguing about how do we move forward as a society, have you noticed that that takes personal responsibility away from you, me? <clears throat> Excuse me. So what I'm going to tell you, if you want to learn to think more independently, then that is the wrong question. How do we move forward as a society? You have to decide how to treat the next individual that you encounter. You know, I had some I had some feedback on on the enemy patrol. And <clears throat> the person said to me, you know, it's like you're you're talking about things, talking about thinking more independently, but I'm I'm confused. It's like I'm not exactly sure what to do to learn to think more independently. Well, that's really what this is about. That's what the enemy patrol is about. So this is not something that you're going to learn quickly. But I've decided I'm going to put in throughout this podcast, I'm going to start putting in some things that you have to do personally. I'm going to really try and, and bring that out. So I'll read that again. You have to decide how to treat the next individual that you encounter. Stop thinking in terms of group or group identity. Start thinking in terms of your responsibility in how you deal with others as individuals. Stop thinking in terms of 
society moving forward. That's cuckoo speak. That is what is being pushed. That is what you see in the media. And they talk endlessly about it and things keep going awry. So I'm going to give you another little idea. I'm going to give you some more information for you personally to act on, learn, and discern different individuals on the left. Now, there are very few people, it's a tiny, I wouldn't even say a tiny minority. I would say it's, it. I mean, obviously, if you look at voting patterns, there's a lot of people that are voting what you might call left, whether you call that liberal or Democrat or whatever. But those people, you can break down into three basic types. The majority, and I'm saying when I say the majority of those people, I mean the majority, a huge majority, are good people. But they're good people that are feeding a cuckoo idea. In other words, if you're arguing with these people and you say, well, the Democrats or liberals or whatever you want to call them, the left, if, if you start criticizing the left, well, in their mind, all they see is what their pet thing is, what their, their pet idea <clears throat> that the, the left has, whether it's, whether it's race issues or it's about children or it's about human rights or it's... So when you tell them your ideas are, are dumb, in their mind what they're hearing is, well, you think there's no problem with race or you hate black people or you don't like children or you don't believe in human rights, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So they're not thinking of the left as um, as a movement toward toward more and more, I guess you'd call it communist ideas, or that it's about some kind of groupthink. They're thinking about race issues, children, human rights, um, um, labor issues. So in their mind, that's what they see. So it's easy to see how the left can turn somebody on the right and point at them and say, these people are monsters. Look at them. I mean, they don't even believe in basic human rights. They don't, they don't believe that the workers have rights. They don't believe that children need protection. They don't believe. So anyway, you get the point. So what you have to do when you're talking to these people, if they're just basically good people who believe in more leftist ideas, you have to go really easy. You have to realize that you're you're by attacking the left, you're attacking these these pet ideas. And here I go, I'm gonna bring it back to the cuckoo bird. If you, as another bird, went after the nest of that poor mother who was raising that cuckoo bird, she would think that you are attacking her young, and they will protect that nest. That's what you're dealing with. So I would say the best way to educate is by asking questions. Do they really understand? Do they really get that this this thing that they're protecting on the left, like, well, say for instance, like Black Lives Matter, do they realize how left they are? Do they realize how how far gone they are toward um, communism? They probably don't. <clears throat> All they see is that they believe that other people should you know, protect people of different races and that we should all be quote unquote equal. I think too, when you're educating, I think you have to shine the light 
on this idea that these people have of this this collectivist thinking, this this new revolution that's going to bring about something that failed in the 20th century. And another thing you have to do, I think, even if you're attacked by those people, is don't take offense at it. Realize that when they're attacking, they're attacking you because you are are endangering their young. Now, the second type of person, these are actual, and these are a tiny, tiny minority. These are actually change agents that are inciting these cuckoo ideas. You'll find lots of them in places like universities and in the government and in the media. They know what they're doing. They know it's a revolution and they want it. These people, if they have any brains at all and read history at all, know that in the 20th century, communism doesn't work and it killed a lot of people. But of course, their excuse is, well, communism hasn't been done right. I don't know how many times it has to be tried before it's done right, but they're basically power-hungry, evil people. So I think at that point, it's up to us to call a communist a communist. Just, you know, if they are an actual change agent, if they've been, if they've been trained and they believe in this stuff, well, hang the 100 million deaths in the 20th century. Hang it on them. Like, don't, don't let them get away with mealy-mouthing around or... or giving excuses or communism has been tried yet, that's just garbage. So give no quarter to those people. But like I said, I think they're a pretty small minority. And the third type of person that you will deal with is just plain cuckoo. I mean, they are cuckoo. They are crazy or as close to crazy as you can get, I would think. I mean, you you just look at them and they obviously are people that just want to watch the world burn. They want to commit violence. They want something to happen. They want excitement. They want to hurt people. I mean, you you have a wide range in here of people that are just playing cuckoo in this movement of this collectivist ideal. And there are some people that need an excuse. They need an excuse for the anger that they feel at the failure in their own life. So it's got to be somebody else's fault. It's, it's the Jews' fault. It's the whites' fault. It's the system's fault. It's the rich people's fault. It's somebody's fault that they are a loser. So they dress in black and wave flags from a bygone horrible era. I mean, really, when you think about it, when you see these Antifa guys and they're running through the street and they're carrying a red flag with a hammer and sickle on it, that's no different than somebody who believes in Nazism. And it's strange and cuckoo that Nazism is so looked down on because of the horrible things that Nazis did. And yet you can wear a Che Guevara t-shirt and carry a hammer and sickle And somehow that's okay. And then other people that are cuckoo, they just just want to dye their hair a weird color and throw stuff at police. So how do you deal with these people? Well, some of them are evil. You have to protect yourself. But for the most part, they just, they want to dye their hair and throw stuff. Well, I guess as far as the dyeing their hair... I guess you just laugh and avoid them. And 
if they're dangerous, they, they have to be controlled. Our society can't allow groups like Antifa getting away with violence and smashing and burning and we just can't. It's It will destroy our society. Another thing to note before we <clears throat> move along a little bit here is that groups two and three need group one. Because like I said, group one is the giant majority, 90 some percent. They need those common people. They need them for, well, they need them for power because there's always power in numbers, but they also need them for cover. They're busy bringing about either mayhem or this idea for communism, collectivism. They need cover. They need a group to hide in. And you can even see this in their street tactics. You know, they, they will they will have one person that's trained to get everybody chanting hateful things to get everybody worked up. They'll get people, work them up, work their bravery up to go and confront the police and yell stuff at them. And then these Antifa guys are trained to go up to the front of the line and throw stuff at the police, a brick or frozen water bottle or whatever. And as soon as they throw, they disappear into the crowd. So what do the police do? Well, they've just been pelted with bricks and bottles and everything else. And so they charge forward. Well, who's in the front? Group one. So members of group two trained members of group three how to work group one to their advantage. In other words, those people that just have the idea that they want to protect black lives are being used as pawns. So education needs to happen here and truth needs to happen here and people need to understand. So what else can you do? Well, I think what people, what people, what you have to do, now I'm back to the individual you have to do, is stay calm and educate yourself. Now, I know that sounds pretty anticlimactic, the way the world is going. You get the nightly news and and stuff is burning and crowds are pulling down statues and all that kind of stuff. But I really mean it. Stay calm and educate yourself. At this point, you need to be able to figure this stuff out. Don't try and drink from the fire hose. That, that, that media barrage that you're getting, you're not going to be able to s- discern the information that's coming there. I mean, the entire world is, is pumping out panic signals right now. You're never going to get a clear message. And that is intentional. So all these cuckoos are now hatched and they're maturing and they're trying to set about panic. They're trying to demoralize and destabilize everything. Panic is their goal. So if you try and figure out what's going on by watching the news, you're hooped. I also want to put in a reminder here, as far as educating yourself, remember that the right wing, I've been talking a lot about leftists and collectivists and all that. The right wing, they have their cuckoos too. So don't just run into the arms of the opposition to the cuckoo-ness because you'll just find yourself another cuckoo, some more bad ideas. And, uh, you know, I really think that there's, there's a group and it's probably that, group two that I talked about, these change agents, I think that's what they want. 
They want people to get angry. They want people to panic. And they want people to run to the right wing, to ideas that are closer to Nazism. And we've seen this with the, you know, some of the right right wing crowd there. They, the, the news just loves it when people say, you know, I never used to be a racist, but now I'm becoming more that way. That is exactly what they want. So I would say another thing you could do is don't, fight with other individuals to prove how right you are. Just be calm, understand that you're a normal person and you know what's right and wrong. You know that this stuff is cuckoo. And so trying to prove to any of those groups, even group one, and argue and try and put them down in order to feel that somehow you're legitimate is is a waste of time. You can't single-handedly Make this go away. So you just need to be calm. Look for other people that think the way you do and are staying calm. So in other words, like they call it finding your tribe. And <clears throat> and by that I mean just people that can agree with the basics of how people should get along together. And find solace there. I think a person also needs to, talking about this, you need to find your line in the sand like, Don't keep allowing yourself to be pushed back. At some point, everybody that's normal is going to have to draw a line in the sand and say, this far, no further. Choose on purpose to neither hate nor despair. And look for some positive things to do, things you can actually accomplish. And I would say at this point, try and get your own life together. Try and... Um, get your affairs in order, I guess you might call it, and don't allow yourself to panic. During this time, when I said stay calm and educate yourself, I think the education part is important. You need to understand where this normalcy that you feel you, you know is right, where it comes from. Where does the rule of law come from? Why do we believe in human rights? How did that start? How did we get here? How did Western civilization, you know, it's, it's, I, I think the problem is, is the, the cuckoo ideas have cut everybody. And this has happened over generations. And you can go back over uh, some of my earlier podcasts. I talked about some of the different generations and we've been cut from the root of Western civilization by some of these cuckoo ideas. So it's time to, to graft yourself back into the idea of Western civilization. Figure, and, and, and the only way to do that is to educate yourself. Where did it come from? How did we get from way back in the, in the medieval times of kings to <clears throat> what the type of society we have now? And I think I'll speak back right at this point here. I'll go back to when I talked about I got some feedback and... You know, people, where do I go from here? Where do I go from here? I want you to remember, too, that the enemy patrol is, is your first tier of information. That's why I say you've got to educate yourself. As uh, your reality scout, I'm not a philosopher king or a warrior poet. I'm not a general. I'm just a source of basic information as to why you may be feeling confused and upset. And last but not least... Don't play by cuckoo rules. They have set up through the media, through education, they have set up this 
I guess you'd call it rule system and apologizing or trying to negotiate a piece. Well, I wouldn't even say negotiate. Let's say capitulation and apologizing. Let's call it capitulation. Capitulating and apologizing isn't going to get you anywhere because they've got the game entirely rigged now. So if you're having, trying to have a discussion with someone on the left and you say, well, black should do, well, then you're all automatically, you're a racist. If you talk about, because I mean, they'll, they'll say, well, how would you know? You're not black. You haven't lived. That's, that's not your reality. That's not your truth. And if you say, well, white should do, do X, Y, Z. Well, now you're a Nazi because you're referring to the white race. Well, and that just automatically makes you a Nazi. And I could go on and on and on. You could talk about women and talk about men. Well, even that, I mean, just differentiating, you're transphobic. So basically, if you have an opinion at all at this point, and you're a normal person, all they'll say is, shut up, you hater. At that point, all you can do is shrug, um, smile, walk away. And if you think that's capitulating, well, then if you're going to take action, then do it as a community. You will never, ever be able to capitulate or apologize and find peace with these people. Because, quite frankly, in a word, they're completely cuckoo. We find ourselves in the second section, the lies found in society. Back to what I said before about learning to think independently. How of it? How do you learn to think independently? A lot of it, and this is why I put this section in, lies found in society, it has to do with reprogramming stripping bad code out of the program now i can say that but i've said before on on this podcast that i'm a bit of a tech curmudgeon i'm not a computer guy i do this um podcast very much analog that's why you get all the coughs and stuff i i really really hate editing on the computer i would rather shovel manure to be quite honest with you so i have a road um device uh, road podcaster and i do this just like a radio show i work the slides that's why sometimes my music gets a, a little loud or something i'm not quite working my faders right anyway <clears throat> i understand enough about computers to know it's garbage in garbage out and the matrix narrative that's been pumping out for the last couple generations there's a lot of bad code in there there's a lot of brainwashing i mean it's more narrative than fact it's about ideas so that's why i like to hit at this um mostly what i'm talking about is the narrative ideas actual factual ideas that people can sit and debate 
is one thing, but this idea of narrative. And, you know, I, I think that the best um, way to explain this is um, an old Indiana Jones movie. Indiana Jones um, and the, oh, I forget what it was called. It was about the Ark of the Covenant. Anyway, it was the first one. Right at the end, I, I think the movie's old enough. I don't think I have to worry about spoiler alerts, but at the very end, after many adventures, he gets the Ark of the Covenant back to the United States, and he's obviously looking forward to studying it, but the government just kind of takes it, and he goes to talk about it, and they say, I have top men looking at it. And Indiana Jones wants to know who these top men are because he knows all the top men, and he's one himself. Like, who? And the guy just says, top men. Well, our society has that concept, the concept of experts. It's been there for a long time. I mean, governments refer to them, organizations pay them, and the population at large reveres them. I mean, they make us safe, right? Well, if well, if there's a pandemic or if there's a, a spill or there's a... Well, they, they get the experts. Let's get the experts. And they'll get guys out with lab coats or or thick glasses or pocket protectors or whatever. And this is our expert. And, but you know, that works sometimes, but I think it's very much become a lie. I mean, there are people that know better, or know more. I shouldn't say no better. They, people that know more, they have a higher education or they're really smart or, I mean, I mean, as far as experts go, I mean, maybe they're stronger or faster, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I think that's been abused a lot. I think as individuals, we need to trust but verify things. So if you read it on the internet, they always say, oh, yeah, well, there's so much stuff on the internet that you can't believe. Yeah, well, there's a lot of experts you can't believe anymore. Now, obviously, you can't perform your own brain surgery. So I'm not, I'm not getting way out here. I understand that if you're sick, you need to go to a doctor. I get that. We need educated and talented people. But tell me something, how did our top men do with the Chicom flu? How's that global warming climate astrology thing looking about now? I mean, they used computer models for the Chicom flu and it was so far out it wasn't even funny. Well, it's computer models that are talking about climate catastrophe as well. That's where they're getting it from. And we've been talking here all about this, you know, kind of sociological cuckoo bird stuff. I mean, those were experts. They're all people that... Uh, are in top men in the universities coming up with all these theories about, you know, critical race theory and, and um, how to raise children. I mean, our educational top men, how have they done? How's our educate? We've spent so much money on education. How's it doing? From what I understand, the test scores keep going down. We got illiterate people going into university. I mean, they can't read. And then you can even go to your metaphysical experts I mean, at some point, you need to take responsibility for your education. And if you're a parent, you need to take responsibility for your child's education. We can't just lean back and watch television and trust the experts. There are some things, for your children's sake, for your sake, that you need to put some thought process into. You need to take responsibility for your own life. Quit listening to the victim experts. Quit listening to experts that just tell you to just shh, lie back, lie back. Don't worry. 
We've got the experts looking at it. You don't need to worry about a thing. That's the lie. So, in the end, really, ultimately, you're responsible for your own soul. So we've got a little bit of time left. How about some practical steps? How about some things that you can actually get out there and do? Not just thought processes, but maybe something you can do that is physical. And of course, if you've listened to some of the other episodes of the Enemy Patrol, you know that I started this out with these practical steps with an admonition for fresh air and exercise and turning off your devices. And I said I was going to just give this diatribe right off the top to give that. And this is what I heard when I was a kid. And it goes like this. Get up off the couch and turn that boob tube off. Get outside and do something. Get some fresh air. You'll learn nothing watching that thing. Get the stink blowed off you. If this keeps up, we're going to end up with a country of people that have wide, soft asses and even softer heads. So there you go. There's your admonition. Get physical. Go do something interesting. Go build something. Go look at a tree. Go to the lake. Go look at a river. Get off the devices. Get out of the social media. Get into the real world. So your exercise for this One, I want you to plant a seed. Yep. So the first thing you got to do is find yourself a pot. Notice I didn't say some pot. I said a pot. Find some soil. Find some seeds of something you want to grow. Learn how to plant. Learn the plant. So if you pick, say, you want to grow a tomato, then maybe spend a little time. Yes, I know you'll have to go on your devices for that. You'll have to go and read about how to grow a tomato. Learn how to care for it. Learn how to make it grow. Watch it grow. Learn to see that as reality. And I don't want any excuses. Oh, I can't grow anything. I have a black thumb. Well, green your thumb up. It's not hard. You just have to learn what the plant needs. If it dies, then figure out why it died. Did you not give it enough water? Did you give it too much water? Did you give it too much sun or not enough sun? Did it get too cold? Did it get too hot? This is a living thing. It's something you can do almost anywhere. Even in the window of a tiny apartment, you can get a tiny pot and grow a tiny plant. Watch it grow. Now, um, if you're doing this, The other thing that I want you to do is wherever you grow that plant, whether it's on a balcony or it's in a backyard or it's on a windowsill, wherever you're growing it, clean the area up first. Now, I know I'm doing this a la Dr. Jordan Peterson and his whole clean your room thing. There's actually something to be said for that. Think of it, this exercise, and I guess I should explain it because I've 
people I've talked to about doing other exercises in the past, and I realize it might sound a little bit goofy, but you know, there's something to be said for the world is in disorder and it's very focused on death. So make some order and focus on life. I know a lot of people give Jordan Peterson a hard time about this, about cleaning up your room before you try and clean up the world. There's a lot to be said for that. And I laughed the first time I heard him listen to one of his lectures and heard him say that because I got that lesson when I was a kid too. I remember one time I was doing, I was having trouble with my math homework. I can't even remember how old I was. I was fairly young and I was working at a desk in my tiny bedroom. And uh, I think, I don't remember if it was my mom or my dad come in. And I was just frustrated. And I think it was my dad. He looked around and said, well, why don't you, I think you're having a hard time because there's just so much chaos and you're clean. Just get away from it, put it away, but spend the time and clean up this room, clean everything up, make it, put everything in order and then go back and try again. And you know, it honestly was like magic. By the time I got everything picked up and put away and shelves straightened up and everything and put everything in order and I sat back down, it was amazing I was actually able to do the math problem that I was working on better. So there you go. There's your exercise. Plant a seed, grow a plant, clean up the area around it. Make some order. Make some life. The other thing you can do if you just can't do this, but you, you want to do something. Well, I, I have a, a learning project for you. And that is learn about the Magna Carta. Now, if, you say, what? What the heck is the Magna Carta? Well, look it up. Google it. Go find a book in a library. Now, if you go read about it and you go, well, what's the big deal? I don't understand the significance. Well, then learn the significance because this will be one tiny step in grafting yourself back into Western civilization. Learning the significance, learning the ins and outs, and what brought about the Magna Carta. So that's what we have for today. Uh, I will repeat again. You can find me at anomicranger.com. That's my website. You can send me an email to animepatrolhq at yahoo.com. And if you do go on my website and you want to make a comment, you have to uh, um, you have to sign up on to the email. You have to give a little information. Don't worry, I'm not going to do anything with it. I just do that so that I don't get a bunch of spam and bots and because like I said, I'm a, I'm a rather a tech curmudgeon and I just don't want to deal with it. So if you can't be bothered to throw a name and, and stuff into it, well then, I, what's your comment worth? So yeah, sign up in there so that you can make a comment. I would really appreciate that. I would really like to read it. Same with the emails. I'd, I'd like to get emails. And don't forget, until we meet again, Keep an edge in your knife. Keep your matches dry. Because life is a one-time adventure. And you've got to learn to live with that. Yeah, con Dios, eh? <laughs> <laughs>